Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. On today's podcast, we pull together some conversations from last year's training camp series where we talked to college coaches from around the country and got their insight into how they're going to evaluate their players to who will be on the field and how much playing time they get. I think this is very valuable now as we go into a season, into training camp, where we haven't had much of a spring. We haven't had anything but Zoom meetings. We might, in some places, might not have even had uh, practice up to that point. And truthfully, there's some places that might not get any opportunities to go against another opponent other than inner squads and have to use the evaluation process to figure out who's going to get that playing time. So a lot of insight that we have here today. And the first one we're going to start with, uh, Ball State former defensive coordinator David Elson talking about the things that he does to evaluate his players with communication and expectations being the key. Let's take a listen. Coach, I think I learned a long time ago the biggest thing that can kill your culture, your team chemistry, is if as coaches you're not good with uh, the evaluation and feedback part of, of the whole process. Um, it, you know, that's not just um, you did this right on this play or, or, you know, I need you to do this better. It's also, okay, who's, who's getting the playing time? Um, who's worked yep. for it? Who, who's, who has those actions? You talked about actions and, and culture that we want. So how do you guys, you know, I'm sure it's daily, but how do you guys – weave that into the process is it, is it very formal for you is it informal is it a blend of the two you know I, I would say it is a blend of the two the first thing and I can you know I don't have any problem saying that we, we've had those issues and you know I've had them at different times throughout my career and and it all I think comes back to just clear honest communication um, and, and then but but at Ball State the one thing that, that we've done is we just set, and it's in each position room. Is there's a you know position expectations, and my job is I'm coaching the corners as the, as the coordinator. I have the corners, and Mike Beetzel's got the safeties. And and on day one, you know, which we did in the spring, and we'll do it again as we go into camp to say, okay, here's what this means. You know, it, it's it's fine to have it up on a sign like we talked about, but then I've got to do a great job of communicating. Here's expectation number one. Here's what that means. Here's what I'm looking for. When we come in here and we watch the video and when we're on the practice field, what does that mean? And give very, very clear examples of, of good and bad of, you know, it's, hey, you know, know your job and, and, and do your job. Well, if I'm in a meeting and I ask you what's your responsibility on this play and you hesitate or I get silence, I want you to know. That's an example of you not meeting the expectation, you not being focused. And, and so that, that factors into your, where you're at on the depth chart and how many reps you're going to get and, and those types of things. And so those position expectations, I think, are, are really good and help because if they're the, – the one thing we talked about as we, as we did them is like, look, it's got to be where you can – go pull up practice video, go pull up game video and say, all right, here's the expectation. And here's where this guy's meeting it. And this guy is not, and be able to have that, you know, really clear 
open conversation to say, so if you can do that more consistently, then you're going to see yourself, you know, getting, uh, you know, getting more reps and then ultimately more playing time. The other thing that I've done in the past is, and it really kind of depends on the, the, the setup of your meeting room, but I would sit them in exactly the way they are in the depth chart. Like, all right, first team, you guys are in the front row, second team, you're in the second row. And then when something changes, the, the start of that meeting, all right, hey, you, you have to get up out of your chair and move back there, and he's moving in front. And I thought that was really, really effective. Now, once again, your, you know, your, your meeting room um, setup uh, can dictate that if you have rows or not. But um, so that, and then, like I said, just being very, very clear on, all right, here's who's getting the reps. Um, here's why. And if you don't, you know, uh, understand and you want to talk about it, you know, one-on-one, then my door is always open, but I really, really challenge him and say, Hey, if it's important to you, then you're going to come and take the time to talk to me about it. And, um, and, you know, and so, you know, that's, we just approach it very, very straightforward and direct. And, um, you know, it's always going to be, you know, an issue. Uh, I don't care what year it is or where you're at, you know, everybody wants to play and, um, you know, you just got to be able to sit down and be a great communicator uh, with the players about, Hey, you know, this is what we're looking for. And, you know, this guy, you know, is doing it better. And and here's an example. And I I think the other thing, the last thing before I'm I'm rambling a little bit, the last thing I would say is this, is that there has to be some element of understanding that, Hey, the coaches, us coaches, we've been doing this for a while. Okay. And I just know that this guy, based on, like we talk about culture, the way he walks in the room, the way he takes notes every day, the way he focuses in the walkthrough, you know, those are all things that at some point, you know, I've been in positions where sometimes you don't have like just a clean cut example of this is why this guy's getting more reps than you are, or this is why this guy's playing in front of you. Sometimes it's, you know what, it's the, it's the, it's the uh, it's the sum of everything, and, and I think you just have to. I've, I've told Keith that before. I said, look, it's just it's the whole body of work, and here's a couple little examples along the way. But it really does become your body of work. And the other thing is, is that like you know, I'll be in a meeting and I'll call on a kid and ask him a question, and you know, if, if that question isn't answered correctly or you know he doesn't answer it the way you know we expect him to answer it, I'll pull that kid aside after that meeting and say, all right, there's an example. You understand that? Or obviously when somebody does it right and somebody, you know, stands up, answers a question in a meeting or does something in a walkthrough and you, uh, you know, I make sure, Hey, you point it out and say, okay, that's exactly what we expect. That's why he's going to get more reps. And then, you know, there's been times where at the end of a practice, I say, Hey, by the way, I want you to know I changed the reps in practice today because of what happened in the walkthrough because so-and-so wasn't focused in the walkthrough. He was going to get these reps, but I changed it to him because of that. And I just think that honest, open communication, you know, um, helps at least that you're not going to have guys that are are pouting behind the scenes, because if you tell them straightforward, then, you know, there's really nothing they can go and, and uh, you know, you know, have that adverse effect in the locker room because the other players know, Hey man, you know, you're getting communicated with, you know, and, and you're, you're being, 
uh, treated fairly. That's, you know, that's the biggest thing is treated with respect and being treated fairly. And I think if you do those things, then you're going to, you're going to have a chance. We continue on with the defensive side of the ball and linebackers coach Tyrone Nix, who at the time was Ole Miss linebacker coach and now is that at the University of Texas, San Antonio. And he talks about the product that you see on the field is what you are, is who you are, and the evaluation process is so important to that. Here's our segment with Coach Nix. Coach, making the right decisions about who gets on the field and, and how much is so important to our jobs as coaches, it really – you know, we have to be right on that because if, if, if we're not doing that right, if we're not effective with it, if, if we're not good with feedback, uh, it starts to chip away at our culture of our position group and then that chips away at the culture of the team. So a lot re- relies on that evaluation process. So whether that's formal or informal, what kinds of things are you doing here, especially through camp, to evaluate playing time, evaluate depth chart and those kinds of things? Oh, I think that's fun. That's easy um, for us uh, at the linebacker position. We say, um, you know, what we put on film is who we are, and that your actions speak so loud that I can't hear what you say. So, actually, the guys who go out and perform on a high level on the practice field, if they're if they're uh, executing the defense, if they're doing what we ask them to do at a high level and making plays, I can't keep you off the field. I tell each kid, I want to play you. I would love to put you in the game. And what determines that is how you practice. How do I perform in these type of situations? Uh, I think it's only fair to the kid that I give you a chance. If you perform well on the practice field, then you earn that right to have an opportunity to play the football game. And, you know, I tell the same thing with recruits. I say, hey, I'm recruiting you, hoping that you're better than the guy that I'm playing with. But I can't promise you that you'll start. I can't promise you that you'll play. You'll determine those things by the way you practice, the way you do things when given the opportunity. And, of course, the guy who performs well on a consistent basis earns that right to go out there first and uh, so far and so far. So, actually, I think it's pretty easy, and I'm pretty honest with the guys about it, and we all get to watch the film together. And uh, they understand the expectation level and the things that will keep them off the field and the things that allow them to play on the field. So, you know, for us and for me, it's been very fortunate that I've kept that philosophy for, for most of my career that, you know, practice practice earns playing time or an opportunity to play. And the way you practice uh, determines how much uh, opportunity you're going to get on Saturdays. Bobby Acosta has a wealth of football knowledge from the FBS, FCS, Division Three, and now he's the head football coach at IMG Academy. And he talks about the importance of the evaluation process and figuring out who will get the football, how he looks at getting the ball into the hands of his playmakers, as well as how he's going to evaluate and help build his offensive line. Here's Coach Acosta. Well, Coach, as you, um, you know, go through this and you look at uh, getting guys to game day and figuring out who's getting the playing time, how much playing time are you getting, how are you evaluating them, what things are you putting an emphasis on as you go through camp and you get a chance to see what these guys are doing out on the field? Well, you know, within, you know, we evaluate our players every day. And um, the number one thing I look for is playmakers. Who are our five to six to seven playmakers? So initially I would make a list saying, how many playmakers do, do we have on the offense? 
So if you have four or five, six or seven, then I start scripting towards their ability, saying he can break a tackle, he can stretch the field, he can take a slip screen to the house. So eventually I'm, I'm trying to get them the football during, you know, throughout the practice, throughout the game. Because if you get a ball in a playmaker's hands and he catches five balls and, and yards after catch is tremendous, now that's where your 100-yard, 150-yard games come from. And, um, and that's where I start to put a lot of focus on creating my game plan. How can I get Johnny to football this game? All right, my quarterback is a runner. How do I put him in space against a linebacker? So, you know, those are some of the questions I have to answer throughout the week when I'm game planning. I know you talk about that all the time and looking at your, your playmakers, Coach. How much then do you look at that offensive line, too, and figure out who are the best guys to get behind? Yeah, it's, um, you know, we, we have, in, in all my years coaching so, so far, our offensive line has always been a step or two behind. And, um, you know, within the scheme, uh, I think you protect them. So I mentioned five-man protection in our three-man snag. Every, every time you do that and every place I've been, every place, the offensive line coach looks at you like you're crazy that you're going to throw it, throw it down the field with five-man protection. <laughs> so, you know, the main thing you tell the, the O-line coach is the ball is going to get out. Um, so we do stuff within the vertical set and all that to protect the offensive linemen. But, you know, within our offense, we're a progression-style passing team. Um, our tackles need to be our best players um, because of what they have to do. Defensive ends in, in uh, last year in Bucknell in that league, they were the best players defensively. Um, so our tackles really need to be great players. Our guards, they need to be like fullbacks, guys that can move and pull. And our center ultimately needs to be the quarterback on the offensive line. So, you know, I'm a left-handed offensive coordinator, coordinator so I call a lot of uh, left hash. Um, you know, the first time I think of a play, I think about it on a left hash. So, you know, my quarterback is righty, so that left tackle is going to be pretty good. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm trying, to live on, I'm trying to live in the left hash, left middle of the field because um, he's a righty quarterback. Right. But um, so, yeah, you could do a lot of things to help your offense line. Prior to last season, running backs coach at Washington State, Eric Mealy, joined us to talk about how he evaluates his running backs and all the measurables that he has for them, as well as some of the things that they chart from practice to practice. Coach is now at Mississippi State as the running backs coach. Let's listen into what he had to say about the evaluation process. The best coaches are evaluating all the time and, and it's usually some of it's informal a lot of it is informal uh, and then we get into some formal things especially as we start to um, you know slot guys on a depth chart you know figure out what the playing time and the reps are going to be in a game etc for you what's the evaluation process look like yeah so we you know just touched on you know the playbook aspect and really just you know we don't want a lot of mental errors you know you, you don't want to have any of those when guys be able to get lines up and understand their job um, you know, kind of first off and just kind of put that to the side. And then, you know, putting the ball on the carpet for us is huge. You know, guys, uh, if they do it in the game, they know that they're not going back in, you know, the, ne the next series at, at bare minimum. So um, ball security and be able to catch the ball are, 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 are a couple of keys for us too. just, 
kind of right like right out of the gates. You know, we, we caught 145 passes last year out of the backfield. So those guys were dropping balls. You know, that's that's not going to work either. They got to be able to catch just like the uh, the receivers do. So um, those are just some you know benchmark standard things right away. But then I start looking at you know the positive plays or production. What's their yards per touch? You know, and that's really how we how we really see how well our guys are producing for us. Uh, you know, yards per touch, first downs, touchdowns. You know, anytime they touch the ball. So we're you know we're kind of statting that out all you know every practice to see who's uh, you know who, who's doing the you know the best as far as that goes. And then the explosive plays come when when a guy's got the ability to make one guy miss or break that one tackle, which uh, you know which which is a standard for us. You know, to get tackled one on one in the open field and. and that's probably not the right guy for us, you know, but um, some of that's just talent based uh, type of thing, but really those, those production plays, not taking negative plays, you know, again, falling forward, getting first downs, getting touchdowns, uh, being able to make something happen with the ball in their hands. But, you know, in the basics, like I said, just being able to get lined up and hang on to the football, catch the ball and, uh, you know, be coachable, you know, be coachable and want to get coached and take the coaching and, uh, you know, apply it, you know, right after we give it to you. I know there's a lot of different philosophies on, you know, charting some of those measurables and, and production points and different aspects of, of offense. Um, and I've heard all kinds of reasonings for and against it. Uh, are there any things that you guys are, are charting um, as you get into your game weeks as far as like the production and, uh, you know, everything going on with uh, the run game, running backs, et cetera? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, pass protection obviously is a huge one too. I mean, that's one where uh, I'm probably as tough as that as I'm on anything. And, and really we want to get our backs out as much as possible, but there's going to be, you know, what one at every, every four or five snap where we're in pass pro, you know, we've got, we got to execute when that, when that time comes you know, there, we can't, uh, we, we can't give up a sack, you know, so that's a, that's kind of a critical error for us that, that we'll, uh, we'll keep and whether it be a, you know, technique thing, but as long as the guys are willing participant, you know, he's kind of meeting that guy up in the uh, meeting him up in the trees there and uh, attacking him and stopping his feet and, um, and kind of getting reengaged in there and running him past quarterback. We're we're good with that, but that's something we kind of track. We're we're going to track, uh, you know, some kind of yards after contact stuff. I mean, basically, that combined what we were saying before is just did he did he break a tackle? Did he make that guy miss? You know, did he get more out of it than he should have? Did he fall forward? You know, so really the other way to look at it is we'll chart the negative plays. You know, if he's losing yardage, you know, if he's kind of hesitating, not hitting the hole, you know, stopping his feet, checking his feet, those types of things, those are uh, those are something we look forward to, to get corrected. You know, we, we don't want to see him stop moving ever. Um, you want him, you know, widen his alignment in the backfield, be patient, you know, wider is better because it all equals, all the stuff equals time, you know, time and the, the space being wider is going to give time for the O-line to start working their blocks and develop. And then, so be patient back there in the backfield and then, Hit that thing downhill. So if they're they're you know they're hesitating or stopping their feet, that's that's something we're looking for all the time on film. And then uh, um, just the, you know those standards I said before, which is which is make sure ball security is 100%, and uh, um, the production the production plays are there. You know they're getting first downs for us, so they're being efficient and they goal line red zone carries, those types of things. Coach Eric Eidsness, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Northern Illinois joined us to talk about his QB evaluation process. He covered all of his grading criteria and the things that he looks on, how he helps his quarterbacks improve throughout camp, and the ways they try to bring some objectivity to the process. Here's Coach Eisness. As as the coach of the quarterbacks, the evaluation process is is always huge. And 
you know, I don't recall if you said whether you have a guy returning this year or not. But I mean, essentially, he's going to be new in in the system that you're bringing in. But um, you know, whether it's that guy coming back or there's there's a competition for that job, uh, how do you go about evaluating and bringing some objectivity um, both to that process as well as um, you know to the feedback you're going to be able to give them, and then ultimately the the decision that's made so that they see you know, you've put your work in as a coach. You really have looked at this and it's, it's, uh, uh, it's well thought out as to why this guy is, is going to, you know, get on on the field as a starter. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, really before you even get to the, on the field stuff, um, you know, really trying to develop them as leaders, develop them as, uh, guys that hold themselves to a high standard, hold their teammates to a high standard, I think is really important. And once you get past that and then you get to the, the competition, you know, piece of it, um, I, I grade everything. And so whenever it's um, a team setting, um, whether it be seven on seven, uh, whether it be a blitz, whether it be, you know, just team, uh, I grade everything. In that way, there's um, they know what I expect of them as far as what they're getting graded in. And then I think that they're able to look at that and then from practice to practice, I try to give them two to three things that I want them to improve on, and I want them to also write down two to three things. Hopefully those match up. But sometimes um, kids will – you know, see things or feel things that they know they have to improve on uh, that I won't know necessarily. And then I'll see things that they need to get better at. But we always, you know, assignment is really important. You have to know what you're doing. So, you know, they're going to get an assignment grade on every play. They're going to get a technique grade on every play. So, and that's kind of the standard thing we talk about. There's a lot of ways to do it, but we're going to coach you as to the footwork, as to the eyes, um, discipline and in, in, in the fundamentals that we want to see. And that's your technique that you have to be able to carry over from play to play. Then the big thing that, that we really grade is make the play. So you can't just be a guy that does every, you know, looks pretty doing it, but never produces. And so that's something that, you know, making the play when it counts <laughs> is something that we grade all the time. Uh, in there and then I, I grade uh, ball security so interceptions fumbles but then ball at risk so if you're using poor fundamentals or you're making poor decisions even though the ball didn't get intercepted or or you didn't turn it over if you're putting it if you're carrying the ball in a situation that you're not taking care of it I'm going to grade that as well and then completion percentage obviously is is something that, that we're going to look at I give them, if a kid drops the ball, I give them a, a, a market as a catch. I want to know what their completion percentage would be based on where they're putting the football. So you get up there and if a guy drops, you know, you know, yeah, you're in seven and seven and, and the guy has three or four drops during your segment, the receivers during that time, I, I, I shouldn't have that affect how your grade is. And so, if they're making good decisions and the guy drops the ball, we're going to, you know, mark it as a completion for them 
as far as that, and they know that. But if a guy drops an interception, he's gonna that's gonna count as an interception too. So it kind of goes both ways. But we want to have criteria that they can look at and see and have it be very objective so that um, they can look at the grade sheets. And, and I, I share the grades with everybody, every, you know, in that room. And I tell those guys, you know, it's really important that you want to be a guy that's competitive, that wants to win this job, not a guy that wants the job because somebody else failed. And I think when you can do that and support each other, you know, while you're competing and understand that we're only as good as the guy that's taking reps um, and learn together within that, then I think you're creating, you know, a good working culture, something where guys can get along and support each other and not worry about, you know, I hope he screws up so that when I get up, I'm fine. And I, and I, I think the biggest thing is I tell them all the time, it's what you do versus the defense and what they do versus the defense that determines who's going to play. It's not, he made some mistakes. I didn't make as many mistakes, so I should be the guy. What do you do versus the defense? What does he do versus the defense that really ultimately is going to decide that? But, um, you know, the assignment, the technique to make the player very, you know, important. And then ball security, we have to, we have to take care of the ball. We have to, you know, be able to, maximize all our opportunities you know with that so um usually uh, you know I've, i had to make a tough decision one time where it's really close um between two guys um with a returning senior and a in a true sophomore um and the true sophomore won out and it really came down to the grades were so close <clears throat> it could go either way but one guy had three turnovers in fall camp the other guy had 11 and um, that really made my decision easy because they know what we emphasize and what we need. And, and uh, it wasn't fun, you know, telling that senior that, but the, the, the body work that he had done and the body work that the sophomore had done, you know, really kind of, you know, spoke for itself. And, and the sophomore went on to be player of the year, offensive player of the year that year. So that, that uh, at least that, that affirmed that I made the right decision. Last year, Craig Stutzman, the passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, joined us when he was at the University of Hawaii. He's now at Washington State. And like Coach Eisenhuis, he talked about objectivity in the process, but he also gets into how he looks at this holistically, as well as how they weave receivers into their process so that they are hearing one voice for quarterbacks and receivers on the evaluation process. Coach, the other process really I want to touch on is the evaluation process. And if quarterbacks can be evaluated and probably are evaluated so many different ways, probably more than any other position. Mm-hmm. But for you, what are you going to focus on uh, to, to help determine, you know, playing time to help determine who the starter is if you're faced with that situation? Uh, what are you looking right. at both informally and formally in the evaluation process? Right. You know, for uh, we're going into year four and, and two out of the four years, you know, we had question marks of who the starter is going to be going into camp. So it's perfect. You know, you want to uh, ask our process. Really, we grade and chart every play in the competitive setting leading up to the first game. So it goes from from practice one in fall camp all the way through, you know, probably Thursday of game week. And what we're charting is, is and, and we're grading, it's team, it's seven on seven, it's half line, 
and we even chart their throws in a one-on-one drill. So um, the way that we grade things has to do with decision-making in the throw, and we get the pass results. And we chart it every, uh, every day. You know, those guys get to see what they graded out at after every practice. Uh, since we practice in the mornings, we'll meet in the afternoon. So by the afternoon, it's up on the board. Uh, they get to see individual. They get to see as a whole unit where we are. And like I said, the standards are in the meeting rooms of where we got to be. Okay. So they get to measure themselves, not just against the other quarterback. They get to measure themselves against what the standard is. And I think when they understand, just like golf, when they understand that the standard is this, it's not against, say, John or it's not against Gary. The standard has to be this. Okay. Because if John is throwing 62%, and I'm throwing 63, well, shoot, I'm better than him. Yeah, but that's not good enough to win football games, which are trying to get it to 68%. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's good for those guys to see visually where they stand stacked up against each other, but also where we need them to be for the standard for us to win football games, which is ultimately the, the goal. Um, and we break it down, you know, day by day, but then it's also a weekly total. Uh, it'll be – a full camp total and so those guys know where they're at and if at any times you know they want to know uh well i don't i don't know if that's correct then we'll sit in with some extra media time and our ga's a great job of plugging in you know every rep and we have a little cut up for each guy and it builds throughout the camp and throughout practices so we can go through all the situations and uh, that's what i like to do too i mean the way we do things here for meetings the quarterbacks and receivers, we meet all the time together. So it's one voice, whether it's Coach Rolo in the room going through the film, uh, whether it's myself, whether it's our receivers, Coach Andre Allen, they can hear, quarterbacks can hear what the receivers are being told, receivers can hear what the quarterbacks are being told, and then those two guys can have discussions because sometimes some things come on the field and it shows up on the film, and all of a sudden they forgot to talk to one another and they say, hey, John, what did you see there? And they can talk through it. Um, you know, so I think that's that's been good for us. And that's how we kind of we, – we grade those guys. They know where they stand. Uh, but then at the same time, too, though, I'll have individual meetings where we can just watch their reps and go through a little bit more of the details of what they need to get cleaned up. Um, but when it's all said and done, too, though, I think, you know, what gets overlooked that the numbers don't show a lot of times is how does the team react? when certain quarterbacks are in the, in the huddle, mm-hmm. when they're on the field, you know, what is their body language saying? What is, what words are they using? You know, does the, the, does the offensive lineman, do their face light up or do they drip down when that guy's in there? You know what I mean? And right. I think that's something that, you know, I got to uh, keep an, an eye out for. And coach Rolovich has a great feel for is how does the team rally around certain guys? Um, and then the other thing that I look for is just when the ball ends up in the end zone consistently, who's the guy back there? Cause that's all that matters is getting that football in the end zone. It doesn't matter if we throw it in there. It doesn't matter if we hand it off because it's all decision-making, especially with the RPOs. Right? So who puts the football in the end zone and this guy might throw 68%. The other guy might throw 72%, but the 68% uh, passing uh, completion guy, he puts the the ball in the end zone two out of three times each day. Guess what? That's pretty good, mm-hmm. you know. So we got to go with that guy. 
So uh, the numbers tell one story, but at the same time, too, we got to look at it holistically. Yes. And at the and what the offense is supposed to do, score points. So if that guy's in and they're scoring points, guess what? That's the guy. <laughs> He's doing something right. Tulane's Cody Kennedy is an offensive line coach with a bright future, and he talked to us about what he calls his daily stock report in developing the offensive line. It's so important that that position has chemistry, and Coach Kennedy tells us exactly how he puts that together. I think a big part of, of what you need to do in your position is uh, the evaluation, and especially in camp, you know, if you're replacing guys or there's some unknowns or, you know, you, you got new guys coming in, whatever it might be, uh, you probably more than anybody else, number one, want to get the evaluation right and figure it out probably as soon as possible so you get that chemistry going and how those guys are working together. Yeah, well. So um, for you, what, what does that process involve and how you're going to evaluate and take a look at uh, who's getting you know the reps with the ones and who's subbing in with the ones, et cetera? Yeah, I, I think it works its way out through fall camp. Obviously, fall camp is critical. Uh, you know, who can, who can effectively play in what positions? Uh, who has a natural feel working together in double teams, pass protection, different situations. You know, it, it's not as much of a factor anymore, but redshirt situations. Um, you know, and you always got to be preparing for the unknown. Anticipate injuries, uh, you know, and, and what you're going to do in those situations, and you better have a plan. Uh, so my evaluation, uh, you know, process starts early. You ha always have an idea going into it, but that always changes uh, every year. Uh, the big thing for me is, I, you know, as far as we, we want to create competition always, uh, I have what I call the daily stock report, uh, which is just a quick gauge of how I feel that each guy performed each day. I've got names up in my meeting room, and they either, they're going up, they're even, or they're going down. And the even and down are negatives, and, you know, if they're going up, you know, obviously their stock's improving, and I feel more confident in them. So it's a daily quick gauge. It's not a number rating system. It, it's how I feel that they performed or, you know, their stock's going up or going down. And, uh, you know, coaches are in the offensive staff meeting. They're saying, hey, you know, th this guy had a good day today. Their, their stock's probably up. Uh, so that, that's a quick gauge for guys as far as my, you know, evaluation of them for the day. Uh, you know, when you're going into evaluating guys for, for games, you, you've got to evaluate them in the most game-like situation we have. And those are in-camp team periods and early week team periods during, during game weeks. Uh, and, and I think it's good to, to grade one of those practices a week whether Tuesday's your hard practice, if, if you've got a bunch of competition with it, grade it. Uh, you know, if there's a bunch of guys vying for different spots, grade it and uh, see, see what the numbers say. And, uh, you know, if, it, if it's a close position battle, use it as a situation to always create competition. Break that stagnation, and, and, and you want competition at every position up there in a perfect world. And uh, the players just have to know the importance that each team rep, each, you know, team practice rep, uh, impacts their ability to play within the game. If they can't meet the standard in those team reps, then I can't trust them in a game situation. Uh, and it goes back to meeting the standard. Who do you want to be? You get very few opportunities in reality uh, within a practice uh, during those team situations that have an impact on your standard. Uh, so, you know, I try to help them out as much as I can in drills to, to practice those movements to make them successful. But it's their job in those game-like situations to perform and, and to stick out. 
And, uh, you know, it, also it boils down to, you know, the importance of performing at a high level regardless of their situation, whether they're on the scout team, good on good, et cetera, et cetera. The situation should not impact your attitude or effort on developing the reputation you want to have. And that, that's a big thing I, I, I preach to a lot of young guys that may not be in a situation they want to be in, but they can always build on that and, uh, and crack into that roster and, and, and into that rotation. Nick Sheridan was promoted to offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in January of 2020 for the University of Indiana. He joined us when he was the tight ends coach for the Hoosiers to talk about how he keeps it simple in the evaluation process and how he works to get as many players above the line ready to play as possible. Here's Coach Sheridan. Coach, in, in the evaluation part of this process and, and figuring out, you know, especially to game one, Who's gonna? Who are gonna be the guys or guy? If if maybe you're staying in in a one tight end set as an example, um, for you, how are you evaluating and giving that feedback and and really uh, knowing? Okay, uh, this is the guy I see right now. Maybe as the number one guy. Here's a guy who could come in and take some reps, and he works better in this package. So, for you, what does the evaluation process evolve? How are you looking at that practice film? How are you grading it? formally, informally, uh, as, as you go through the evaluation part of this? Yeah, I think a couple of things just on, on playing time in general. We do try to uh, – we, we explain to our players that the players control playing time and not the coaches. So we do try to – we put the ownership on them that, you know, how they perform on a day-to-day basis is ultimately going to give coaches the faith and confidence to put them in the game. And then the other thing to that is just big picture, you know – I try as a position coach to find the guys that are going to help us play as opposed to the mentality of finding the guys that aren't, you know, I, I think just from a, um, a mindset standpoint, we're trying to get as many guys ready to play as possible. And we're trying to be optimistic on who can help us, you know, as opposed to trying to eliminate guys early on and say they can't help us, you know? So um, just from a mindset standpoint, as a coach, you know, always looking to try to find roles and different things, because like I mentioned earlier, there's no substitute for experience. There's no substitute for getting into a game in front of a hundred thousand people and trying to block a future first round draft pick. I mean, you can't simulate that in a practice setting. And so the more that you can let guys do that throughout their career incrementally, the better they're going to be from a day to day standpoint, we're really looking at just straight performance I have I have listened and learned a bunch of different grading techniques, um, different things that you may look for, whether it be footwork or hand placement or finish or whatever it may be. I really try to be simple, uh, and it's really a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Did they do what you asked them to do on that play or not? Is it up to the standard that you have for a coach or not? And I just plus minus them. And I really, um, I do that for every play in practice. Just did they do well or not? Did they do what you asked them to do or not? And then you can look at those things from a great standpoint um, to try to determine who, you know, ultimately who, uh, who you'd like to put out there. But um, other than that, I can't say, Keith, that there's a bunch of things. We, we try to get as many guys above the line and ready to play as possible. And, and as you mentioned before, with the different skill sets with tight ends, we try to find roles for guys. I think that'd be the case at all positions, you know, 
um, what can they do as opposed to what can't they do and try to get them in the game and, and allow them to do that. And I think morale on a team is always better the more guys that are playing. And so um, we try to encourage that. And as a position coach, you try to promote that to the coordinator. And ultimately it's on the players to create trust and confidence amongst the head coach and the coordinator and the position coach um, that, you know, you deserve to be in the game. And whether you're the first, second, third best at your position, you, you've uh, busted your tail and done what we've asked you. We trust you to do the right thing. And in this package, in this role, you need to get in there. So um, I know it's a little bit of a long-winded answer. I don't have something specific like a, I, I, I look at mental errors. I look at certain things like that. But I really look at just a thumbs up, thumbs down on that particular play. Did you do what we asked you to? Um, to the best of your ability as hard and as long as you could. And if you did, you get a plus, And then you look at that at the end of the day and see, you know, who's playing better. I think coaches have certain positions, maybe with quarterback where you got completion percentage or turnover ratio. There's some, some more metric things that you can measure. I think most coaches would be able to tell you, you know, who are the best guys at their position, whether they had a chart or, you know, an objective way to look at it. But, um, you know, I, I understand that it's, it's sometimes, um, you know, things to show your players so that they can understand because every player thinks that they're the best and you want them <laughs> to think that. And so, so to be able to show them, okay, here are the things that you struggle with. Here's where you had minuses. You know, this is, this is why Jimmy's playing over Joe right now in these reps in this role. These are the things you did well. This is what you need to improve on based on, you know, the, uh, the daily grade. I know players always want to know, um, you know, what do I need to do coach to play more? And so uh, you, you'd like to be able to tell them everything that I've corrected you on or minus you on every single day. Those are the things that I want you to get better at, you know, so that's not a real difficult uh, thing to figure out. You know, it's, you've been getting feedback on every single play from the beginning of spring practice to the, to the conclusion of fall camp. And so there should be no gray area on where you stand and what, what are the things that, as a position coach, I want to see you improve on. We finish up with Arkansas Razorbacks special teams coordinator Scott Fountain, who has made multiple appearances on the podcast. He joined us when he was the special teams coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs to talk about how he evaluates alignment, assignment technique, start, battle, and finish, and how he keeps his assistant coaches involved in the process. Here's Coach Fountain. Uh, on the evaluation part of that, Coach, um, you know, I know for everybody, it's it's the formal part, it's the informal part. What are th- what are the things specifically that you're looking for, as especially in camp here, as you're going through and figuring out who's our best eleven to put on each unit? Uh, what things do you specifically evaluate as you're grading your film? I mean, I mean, for me, it's it's so on punt thing for me. It's real simple. Alignment. Can a kid line up? You know, in time, I don't, I don't take it against him early, but can a kid get in a, a line up? So we call it alignment. And then the next thing, can they remember the rule? And then their last thing is, can they use their technique? Those are the three things. So if I'm in a meeting, this is one of the ways I'm going to evaluate them. Yes, I'm going to evaluate on film, but I'm going to go in a meeting and I'm going to say, hey, right guard on punt. I'm talking punt here, right guard. What is your alignment? And you better tell me his alignment. You know, if that's two yards, two and a half, whatever it is, what is your alignment? And then, I, then I'm going to say, well, well, what is your rule? I want him to say his rule, which is a real simple rule. What is your technique? 
So I want to hear it in a meeting because I don't, I don't want to hear it on the field. I can see it on the field and all that, but I want to get the meeting and see if I can ask a kid a direct question in front of the team of 100 kids or whatnot and see if he's going to answer it or if he's going to sit there and, uh, 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 you know, start doing that. And I, you don't know. I'm going to go to next guy. You're not ready to play here at Georgia. So that that's one of the ways I'm going to evaluate him. So I get to evaluate him in front of the whole staff, the whole team, and the head coach. That's a lot of pressure on him. To, and I told you about the start, the battle, and the finish. I'm going to ask them all the time. If I do a punt return that day, I'm asking at least three guys, hey, you tell me about the start, you tell me about the battle, you tell me about the finish. And they got little words that are going to describe that. So that's one of the ways. And you get on the field, I'm going to really look at can they do those things? So can they align properly? Are they doing what they said? Uh, 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 rule? Are they pointing it out to the right guy? Are they doing the rule on, on a punt team? Are they pointing to the correct guy to block? And then their uh, technique, are they using the proper technique they've been taught? Now, some of it may be athleticism. Some of it might be because their spacing was too big, they couldn't execute that assignment. Or it may be that they're just not in the special teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? So all those three things I'm trying to evaluate. And of course, the guy's not into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him in and talk to him. Those things, but uh, so I'm I'm doing it mentally in a room, which I think is huge. I think it's huge. I just don't think enough of that goes on. Second, I'm gonna evaluate that talent on the field. I'm not gonna come in and grade every guy and put it on paper and hand it to him. I'm just gonna have me and my staff watch it, and then the the, the um. The next part of it is I'm going to – these coaches that coach a position, where they really come into play? Like if you're the right guard and right tackle coach on punt, he's going to have a huge say on who his top three are. You know, so if he – if I'm and if I don't completely agree with it, I may say, boy, you know, this guy here I think has done a great job. He said, I just – I don't like him, blah, blah, blah. Then I'm going to listen to him, but ultimately I'm going to make the decision on it. But their input means a lot because if I don't let their input mean anything, then – they're not going to be very good coaches for me. So I think that's important. So the, the whole evaluation for us, it starts in the meeting room, mental, mentally answer questions out loud, put them on the spot. I think that's important. You don't want to embarrass kids early that are new, but it, it really helps you. <laughs> if they can't make the call and call it out in front of you and be loud with it and be proud with it, they're not going to do it on the field. So that's one phase. It's the mental part. The second part is, the athleticism on the field, you know, are they, are they executing the, the three things I just said, which is alignment, assignment, and their technique. And then then lastly, you know, uh, the coach's opinion of what who he's coaching out there, you know, what he thinks of that kid, uh, of his, his kids. I put, a, I put a lot of weight into that. There you have it. Some valuable insight into the evaluation process from coaches at the highest level. There's still a lot to prepare for this season. Please sure to check out our systems for blocking, defeating blocks, and tackling at footballdevelopment.com. And for your youth football community who is returning to play, we have a ton of resources available for them, including the Football for All podcast. You can find those at fdm.usafootball.com.